All right. We are glad that you are here. If you're looking for some seats, there's a few over there. We continue to grow, and we're thankful for that. As we're talking about uh, Thanksgiving, we asked you this week to bring this. If you didn't, that's okay. But we really, 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 really want you to start bringing this next week because from this day until Easter, this is the book of Luke with some notes in it, and we're going to encourage you to go through this, and we're going to take notes as a church and grow together as a church. And so this is the Bible. It's one book of the Bible, but we're asking you to bring this as your Bible for the next four months. And one of the assignments that we asked you to do that, and you can pick some of those outside on the way out, was this last week, if you weren't here, we challenged you. Just as we started in preparation for today, the idea of Thanksgiving, to take a one thing every day and write it down in which God is moving in your life, to take one moment of every day and to, to simply ask, God, how are you moving Maybe you did this, maybe you didn't, but I want you to understand that this is an important aspect of us being followers of Jesus, to be thankful for who God is and what he's doing. Psalms 103.1 says, my soul bless the Lord and all that is within me bless his holy name. We just sang about that, more than 10,000 reasons, Right? God, when the sun goes down, may I be blessing your name. You see, when we bless his name, we learn how to grow together as a family. When we bless his name, we learn how to have peace. When we bless his name, we get our posture of our heart in the right position and in the right uh, trajectory to allow God to continue to move in our lives. So how is God moving here and in our lives. I want to just take a few moments and celebrate the way that God is moving. And if you've invested in this church, if you've, if you've given, if you've volunteered, here's some of the ways that God is blessing our church. This last week, we set a record crowd for the people attending the family dinner as families learned how to be disciple makers who make disciples of their families. This is important. Mothers and fathers, aunts and uncles, learning how to be uh, the lead disciple makers of their family. And that is exciting as we do that. This last year, we have really seen the milestone retreats from whether you're in kindergarten to graduating as a high school senior. We have a step and a, and a way for your students to know how to progress in their faith so they aren't just showing up. We've seen exciting attendances in the men's and women's Bible studies. The men's are even having another Bible study for Advent starting the week after Thanksgiving, men. If you're available on Wednesday nights, we'd love to have you for that. Ladies, yours will start in the spring. Don't worry. Spring is going to come, okay? But if you want to know some more of the ladies before that spring Bible study even takes place, let me encourage you to come to the women's Christmas event, which takes place, I believe, a week from Saturday. You can find out more information at yourcalvary.info. Free advertisement there. And we've seen our kids' ministry, our student ministry, worship and communications all upgraded. Videos are consistently shot now in 4K whatever that means. We have a, a website that's updated with new video. We've seen membership and attendance numbers have consistently climbing to the place where we're really crowded in here. And a few weeks back, we asked you and challenged you. We said, we ask you to realize that we were falling behind financially. And so we, we gave a challenge. Would you be willing to consider giving an average of the price of a burrito a week per person who comes to our church? And you have responded. And that is a thank you, but it's also a thank you to the way God is moving as our church is continuing to carry on its mission of followers making followers. 
We just saw a baptism. We've seen numerous baptisms. To God be the glory. And the baptisms reach beyond our church. Do you know that our church is currently partnering with 10 missionaries? With 15 separate partner organizations. We have four specific churches that we partner with. And seven different countries we are partnering with. And we're adding more in 2023. You see, to make followers that make followers of Jesus, this compels us and should propel us to be on mission. And what will drive us to the place where we are wanting to be on mission is a thankful heart saying, God, my life is not about me, but for your glory. Because it's very, very easy to sit there and go, look how awesome we are, right? And then God goes, eh, eh. But when we posture our heart to have an attitude of thankfulness, to, ha to have a, a, a posture of saying, God, how do you want to move in my life? This changes everything. So, as we start today, let's hear this one truth. We are called to give thanks in all things. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in everything. Pronunciation there, right? For this is God's will. Not, not God's, meh, if you feel like it. Not possible. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So we've just wrapped up a doctrinal series where we've talked about the way Jesus works in our life and the way the Holy Spirit works in our life. And as that candle was lit, if you were here, and the Holy Spirit begins to fan that flame, one of the results of this is that we should live a life of thankful, thankfulness. <laughs> Easier said than done, right? So Daniel, how do we do this, right? Because maybe you remember being a little child, or maybe you have a child in which you've taught to do this, right? They get Christmas gifts, and you get to say, good, you get the Christmas gifts. Now you get to write your thank you notes, right? And the kids are like, thank you notes. Oh. Or maybe, maybe you were the parent who said, hey, I need you to go tell so-and-so thank you because they gave you a piece of candy or something like that. And so they walk up to the parent, and they go, my mom says I have to tell you thank you. Or husbands because your wife, right? My wife said I have to take it. No. The idea here is we have to discipline. Why do we tell our kids that? Because we have to learn the discipline of being thankful. Can I just tell you, kids, there's a big word here that I'm. Parents sometimes are hypocrites, which means they say to you to do what we don't always do. And one of the goals here today is to get the parents to have the attitude of thankfulness that they try to get you to do. Now, I would not suggest going, Mom, did you hear that sermon? You really need to hear that, okay? But if everyone in this room would have a posture of thankfulness and discipline ourselves, train ourselves, it would not only change the way that we view the world, but would allow the Holy Spirit to take hold and do His work as we focus on Jesus, carrying out the mission of followers, making followers of Jesus. That's what we're about. So, how do we find thankfulness? I got five points today. I never have points. And I have five of them. But don't worry, this is even shorter than most sermons. The first one is, we are called to give thanks for the good. 
and in the good. Psalms 9, 1-2 says, I will thank the Lord with all my heart. I will declare all your wondrous works. I will rejoice and boast about you. I will sing about your name most high. When I think of thankfulness in the Thanksgiving season, I think of the idea of having an attitude of gratitude, right? That's what this is about. We're trying to develop an attitude of gratitude as we discipline ourselves to do so. And when we notice how God is moving in our life, this is important because it makes sure that this is not about us. So one of the reasons we ask you to write down the ways that God is moving in your life is to pause. Why do we have Thanksgiving once a year? To pause and remember, to give thanks. We're trying to develop a habit, develop a rhythm, develop a pattern that says, look back, instead of just going to the next thing, pause and give thanks, right? That's why you write a thank you note, pause and give thanks, because they didn't have to do that. Now, as we pause and give thanks, what are we looking for God to accomplish in that? And how are we going to thank God for this? Well, we're looking for the how and the why to be thankful in the good. First of all, we're, we're acknowledging God in the good by seeing how he has blessed us in our blessings. You have a roof over your head? Yeah. You have warmth? Amen. You have food in your belly? Thanksgiving, right? Y'all don't look very excited about this. This is food, Thanksgiving food? Anybody? All right. My man. As we do this, okay, we get excited about what, what, what's going to happen. We're excited about the... God has blessed us. We so often play the, the comparison of the people down the road game, right? And say, well, look what they have. And what, instead of pausing and saying, God, you have blessed me. You have provided. We, we need to be thankful for how he's provided for us. Do you have a job? Do you have a family? Do you have a lot of people that like you and some that love you, right? This idea of saying, God, I, I thank you for the family. I thank you for the friends. I thank you for the good. Are we thankful how the Spirit moves among us? How He shows up time and time again? Are we thankful for how He answers our prayers? I remember this last week talking to a friend who had had a, a prayer answered. And I remember thinking, that's amazing. I didn't really think that prayer would be answered. And then I felt immediately convicted, right? God answers prayers. Sometimes the answer is no. But sometimes the answer is yes. And when he answers yes or no, do we, do we pause and say, God, thank you for answering my prayers? You see, developing the rhythm of thankfulness should not just be kept to one week or one day a year. But having the attitude of gratitude will allow your heart's posture to allow us to see how God is moving in the day-to-day life. We're called to have thanks for the good. We're called, second way, to be thankful in our suffering. Why? Because we are called to give thanks in everything. This is the part where we may not be as good at. Philippians 4, 6-7 says, Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God, which passes all understanding. You want to have the peace? It requires us to have a heart of thanksgiving for the suffering. You want to have a peace in the storm? You have to have a posture of thanksgiving. And when we do so, we're seeing how God is moving in the struggles. 
You see, the thanksgiving we're offering in our suffering is pausing. It's the knowing of the fact that He hears us. Isn't it comforting to know that our God hears us? In the middle of a storm, He has not forgotten us. He hasn't fallen asleep on the job. He's going to show up. He hears us. Even though there are millions and billions of people on this planet, He still hears and cares for your prayers. Let that sink in. God hears us. And not only does He hear, He cares. It's not like He's tuned into the game and doesn't hear what you're saying. He cares about what you're saying and and cares about your heart. And and that's important for us to know that God loves us in those circumstances. And then we rest in the fact that He is in control, that nothing surprises God. That even though there are struggles, we have to have the winter to appreciate the summer. Or if you live in Texas, you have to have the the summer to appreciate the winter, okay? But up here, you got to have the winter to appreciate the summer. Anybody already tired of the cold? Just me. Okay, this is the reality that in our suffering, it postures our heart. Are you thankful for the dark moments? Are you thankful for the times when you have to lean into God? That's where you'll find the peace and the good. We are to be thankful in the good. We are to be thankful in our suffering. We are to develop an attitude of gratitude. We are called to give thanks for His enduring love. Psalms 106.1 says, Hallelujah! Give thanks to the Lord for His good. His faithful love endures forever. I don't know about you, but when I read that passage about how His love endures forever, I'm so, so grateful because I don't always feel like a person worthy of being loved. Maybe if you look back this last week or maybe even this morning, maybe you've had that argument on the way to church, right? Maybe you're feeling gross because there's a sin you're wrestling with and you can't quite overcome. God's love is not conditioned on your behavior. Even when we fall, even when we, we fall short, even when we fail, God's love still shows up. Church, that's something to be excited about. Now, he wants what's best for us, which is to overcome our sin. He wants what's best for us to put aside all the struggles and the worry. But even when we fail, God loves us. Why? Because you are a son or a daughter of the king. You are no accident. You were carefully made in your mother's womb before your mom even knew who you were. God knew your fingerprint. Let that sink in. God loves you! Exclamation point. We're to thank Him for that. God, thank You for loving me, no matter what the circumstance. And the way that we know that He loves us is we are called to give thanks as He is our salvation. Psalm 95, 1-2. Come, let's shout joyfully to the Lord. Shout triumphantly to the rock of our salvation. Let's enter His presence with thanksgiving. Let's shout triumphantly to Him in song. You see, as He is the rock of our salvation, this is what allows us to enter His presence. When Jesus died on the cross and that temple veil was torn, we then had access to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Emmanuel, the Christmas season, which I don't care when you are, officially starts Friday, right? If it hadn't already started, you can't deny me that, all right? As the Christmas season, Emmanuel, God is with us, is not some abstract concept, but Jesus is still alive. Hello, Easter story. The tomb is empty. Ain't nobody found nobody. And because He is alive, He is very knowable. And because He is knowable, He is our peace and our presence. And so through that presence, we are saved 
from ourselves. You see, we don't live just for the next life. We live in the life here now. We need to strive to say every day is a gift from God for the glory of God. And yes, come Lord Jesus. But in the meantime, if it's a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand years from now, Lord, bless your name because I have much to live for because your name needs to be glorified. So in your work, live for Jesus. Find the joy. Find, find the peace. Live out that salvation with abandonment. Because one day we will cease to be on this earth. And that leads us to the last one. Our hope is the fifth way we're to give thanks is in our eternal promise. I want to read some verses that are often contained to funerals. But this is not a funeral drudge. This is a victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 54b, which means the second half of the verse. And through 56, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where death is your victory, where death is your sting. For the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, because death has been defeated. Which means, it's said, there's only two certainties of life. Death and taxes, right? Well, we have the victory over death because of Jesus, so the only thing guaranteed is taxes. Sorry. I can't do much about that. But I can tell you death doesn't have to be taxing. See what I did there? Because Jesus has come alive and we don't even fear death. What a God we serve. Now, here's, here's the problem. We serve a God who does miracles. We serve a God that is worthy of all praise and all honor. We serve a God who shows up day and day and loves us unconditionally, who gives us blessings, who provides for us, who is there in our storms. And we walk through this life in self-pity and misery because instead of having an attitude of gratitude, we feel like we are entitled to realism. Cynicism. Pessimism. Now hear me. God made some of you more pessimistic and I'm going to love you anyways. And I get that. And it's okay to allow your pessimism to lead to skepticism, which can be healthy, but pessimism that isn't healthy is toxic to not only your faith, but the faith of the family you live in. You want to see God move? You've got to eliminate the toxic pessimism and negativity in your life by having an attitude of gratitude. So how do we do that? We have a disciplined training of attitude of gratitude, which is our daily training. This week, don't make it just a rhythm of your week. Make it a rhythm of your life. To discipline yourself. I'm going to say thank you even when I don't feel like it. I'm going to say thank you in the storm. I'm going to be the person that God wants me to be. And when you develop an attitude of gratitude, watch as your family responds. Why isn't dad mad anymore? Oh, he wants to correct me, but he's not mad anymore, right? They might even be thankful for how you correct them. Why, why, why is mom not always worried anymore? Why does she have a different attitude about her life? You then are showing them Jesus. Church, you want to allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life to begin to see a place where... He can continue to show up, continue to move, continue to guide, continue to direct. Let go of the self-pity and the misery and develop an attitude of gratitude 
Some of us are already dreading Thanksgiving Day because it's going to be too cumbersome for us instead of being rejoicing in the family that's gathered together. And I realize Thanksgiving Day can be difficult for some as you lost a loved one and know that we care for you and we pray for you and the God of this universe is going to sit there with you and the church wants to walk beside you because there is hope because our God is still on His throne. And we can develop a life that says, yes, there are difficult days. We can develop a life that says, yes, there are going to be struggles, but I will not be defined by those because my God is still on His throne and I am a child of the King. Church, this is how we go. This is how we grow. So we're going to enter a time of not only a regular uh, pause and reflect that we do in Thanksgiving, because that's necessary, but the Bible actually gives us, in fact, Jesus actually gives us a regular rhythm of pausing and reflecting and being thankful in communion. We have some deacons who are going to pass these cups around, and then we're going to take a few moments of awkward silence as Heath will play on the keyboard here. And as we do so, know that there's two layers to this. There's a top layer that contains the wafer, which is representative of the bread, and the bottom, the juice. Go ahead and open that up now so it's not so rustling later, okay? But as we do so, I'm going to challenge you to do this. I'm going to give you about two and a half minutes. I'm going to give you two and a half minutes of you coming along here and writing in your book the following. First of all, I want you to write down a thank you for one way he has blessed you. How has God blessed you? And we, they're going to scroll through this because there's three of them. The other one is one way one area of suffering or pain in which he has sustained you. Maybe you're currently in that place. Maybe he's brought you through. Give him thanks for this peace and his presence in that situation. And one way he has recently revealed his deep love for you. Take just a couple of moments to realize this is why he came, so that you and I can stay in his presence, so you can have the access to him, so your salvation can begin here and last into eternity. And then we're going to come back together in about two and a half minutes. And we're going to rejoice together. We're going to take communion. And then we're going to sing some songs of thanksgiving as we look to him. So take a moment, write that down. I challenge you to do it for the glory of God. There are very few certainties, I will say, but one thing I can assure you of, unless you're intentional about pausing to give thanks, you will not be thankful. So right here, right now, let's take the body 
represented by this bread. And remember that his body was broken for us. Take this in remembrance of me. And then think of the sacrifice of how his blood was poured out for us, about what he did so that we can... How could we not be thankful? So take this cup in remembrance with an attitude of gratitude for what he's done for us. And as we pause and reflect today, just as the disciples did some 2,000 years ago, the disciples gathered and then after they took the communion, the Bible says they sang a hymn of praise, of thanksgiving and then went out and lived. So we're going to give a little extended time of praise today and worship. And as they sing, feel free to sit, feel free to stand. Just because your neighbor stands doesn't mean you have to. Just because your neighbor sits doesn't mean you have to. Amen? Stay off the stage, but other than that, you're good. (laughs) But let's allow God to move among us. Father, I thank you for who you are, for how you are moving in our life. In spirit, right now, we ask that you move among us in the name of Jesus. Jesus, we look to you as the author and the perfecter of our faith and forgive us when we are so full of ourselves that we don't pause and give you thanks, that we don't pause and give you praise, that we don't pause and give you due. For you are so good. You are so faithful. You are amazing. You show up time and time and time and time again in the good times and in the bad times, in the trials and in the joys, in the victories and defeats. You are always there because you have always made a plan and we are not a mistake and we are not an accident and you are here moving. So may we look to you today with an attitude of gratitude for being here. As we pause and give you thanks, we give you the glory. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen.